Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Welcome back. Another episode, another time. It is June as this episode is going to come out. And back earlier... I did episode number 16 talking about 529 plans to Roth, this really cool change. Make sure to check that episode out if you haven't already or re-listen to it because it's probably been a month and a half since that came out. 529 plans now, no doubt, are way more attractive to me than they were before. But you know what? I think there's something better than a 529 plan. 529 plans, yeah, they have some great benefits. You put money in, maybe you get a slight state income tax deduction for putting money in if you're in a state like that. Maybe you don't. Uh, You put money in, the money's growing tax-free, and it comes out tax-free for college, and now that could be up to $35,000 rolled over to a Roth for the beneficiary. Awesome. Fantastic. But what if you might want to have other purposes for that excess money? Maybe you're still a little more concerned about your retirement. Maybe you want to have something that could help pay for college, but could be used for your retirement rather than your kids. Maybe you feel like, you know what? I helped to put them through college. I don't want to do more than that. You know, I love my kids, but they need to learn how to make it on their own. You know what I believe is better than a 529 plan for college? Hint, it lasts longer. Real estate. And I believe that real estate is better than a 529 plan for a few different reasons. Number one, it does last longer. Imagine this. Let's say you have $300,000, hypothetically, in a 529 plan for college. Maybe you put in $200,000 and it's $300,000 a day, right? You've gotten a 50% gain that you never have to pay taxes on again. However, that's awesome and wonderful. However, what if your kid goes to a state school? And so rather than spending $300,000, you spend $150,000. So now you have $150,000 thousand dollars left in this 529 plan that let's say they don't want to go to graduate school let's say you don't have any other kids going to college well now you're gonna have to pay early withdrawal penalties and now you have to pay taxes on the gains of that remainder minus the thirty five thousand dollars maybe you moved over to Roth for them so you overfunded your kids education God bless you 
but now you're going to get penalized on that money in 529 plans. Plus, that $150,000 that you did spend, guess what? It's gone. It's never coming back to you again, right? So that's the scenario that concerns me personally, which I know some people that are, are headed in that direction. And so instead, what I like better about real estate is let's say with that same $200,000 that you invested over time in that 529 plan, what if you had bought four different houses with a $50,000 down payment? Or you bought a quad or something like that, or an apartment building, or you invested in a surgery center with that money, or you bought into a practice with that money. Let's just use the example of four family, uh, single family homes. Well, let's say that you have that equity still you put in, and let's say that initially when you first invested in it, maybe it was cash flowing 200 bucks a month. Multiply that times four, well, that's $800 a month. What if you were able to bump the rents? So it's not $800 a month you're getting now. What if every single one of them, your mortgage isn't changing? Maybe your property taxes change a little bit, but let's say over five to 10 years, rather than cash flowing 200 a month, what if you're cash flowing 400 a month, 500 a month? So if you're cash flowing 500 a month times four different places, well, now you're looking at $2,000 a month. And you still have all that initial equity of 200 grand plus with you paying a mortgage on these places every month, you are building up additional equity just by paying the mortgage. So using that example, I'm going to say, let's say you bought a modest $200,000 type place. So you're financing 150 grand. 150 grand over 30 years, let's say a 7% interest rate in today's environment. Your monthly payment is about 997, of which by the end of year 10, you would have built up an additional $25,000 of equity in each of these houses. So not only do you have, assuming you, this place didn't even appreciate at all, which I'm gonna assume in a lower priced property like this, probably not very likely, which maybe there's some appreciation, but I'm gonna assume there's none. You have $25,000 of equity times four houses, additional equity, that's $100,000 of equity that you've built on top of the 200, on top of the cash flow that you're getting now at $2,000 a month, which could help to pay for perhaps all of that same college tuition. And now for a commercial break. Every year, about this time of the year, I have physicians asking me, Dave, I hate the taxes I'm paying. How can I lower my taxes? How can I understand what the heck is going on here? 
Well, that's why we have put together a tax cheat sheet that really has almost everything that you'd ever wanna know about taxes. Two page document, super simple. I put together a few videos to walk you through it. All you have to do to receive this awesome document is tax the word cheat sheet, all one word, C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to 833-343-2986. If you wanna get your copy of the 2023 tax cheat sheet, make sure to text the word, all one word, cheat sheet, C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to 833-343-2986. Nothing better you can do for yourself than to get educated on taxes. And so, my friends, make sure to download that cheat sheet again. You can text all one word cheat sheet to 833-243-2986. And now, back to the show. Now, where this, this doesn't work, obviously, is where your kid goes to private school and now rather than paying 35 or 40 grand a year you're paying 80 grand a year you might have to sell one of the houses or two of the houses to free up that money however you're still left with the other two houses and i would argue that by depreciating them that you are probably paying little to no income tax, plus some maintenance and stuff like that. You're paying little to no income tax on the rent that you are getting. So it's very similar to the 529 plan where uh, you can end up having the uh, equity and tax, maybe reduced tax or even tax-free income on the rent that's coming out of it. So uh, definitely something that I would encourage a lot of people to think about. Pros and cons, 529 plans, frankly, are less work. You can set it up in an age-based thing. You could um, directly manage it and put it in a static asset allocation that you just leave and forget about it. You don't even touch the thing. A rental home or multiple rental homes obviously involve more work. You're having to hire managers, you're having to pay bills, you're having to make decisions. Does this take a ton of time? No, but let's be honest, it does take an investment of some time. The other thing too is if a spouse, as we mentioned earlier, can become, if you're a physician and the spouse becomes a full state considered real estate person, well now you might have additional losses you can write off from depreciation or other stuff that now can be active losses rather than passive losses as defined by the IRS code. And frankly, this was part of my reason of why I decided to do land because I wanted to have income that I wouldn't have to think about college for. With land, is it tax efficient? No, absolutely not. It's horribly tax inefficient. It's more active than buy and hold real estate. 
However, uh, it's probably affording me that if, if I really had to, I could pay for a private school out of it and still have excess cash flow. This is all assuming that I stopped buying land, which is very hard to stop doing when you're having had numerous successes over several years. So it can be done through a surgery center, obviously. This can be done through land. This could be done through single family. This could be done through potentially commercial buildings. Uh, many, many different options. If your kid is close to going to college, obviously it's a lot harder to have the time window to take advantage of either a 529 plan or buying real estate. If you can cash flow it, that's always awesome. Uh, I think the buying real estate gives you more options in terms of you could use it for your retirement. You don't have to worry about the early withdrawal penalties uh, if you decide to pay for the, the college out of cash flow rather than a 529 plan. But frankly, at the end of the day, as I often say to people who have strategy sessions with me, I was speaking with a neurologist just yesterday who is putting a lot of money in 529 plans. I told him, you know what? If you are saving, you're winning. If you are saving, you are winning. And all of these things that we're talking about right now are simply nuances. So I don't care if you're saving money in a 529 plan versus buying real estate versus having money in a high yielding money market right now at four plus percent. You are able to make money in all of these things. You win in all of these scenarios. And I can certainly have made a case for why real estate is so important. But at the end of the day, if you don't put money into it, it ain't gonna happen anyhow. If you don't put time into it, it ain't gonna happen anyhow, whether it's a 529 plan or the real estate or money in the bank. And so I just encourage you, if you are saving, you are winning. If you want some guidance on one of these nuances versus another, totally happy to help. I am here for you. Feel free to reach out to me with an email, with any questions. We do offer 30 minute free strategy sessions for anyone that wants to take a look over stuff. Feel free to send me an email, dave at daviddeniston.com with any questions. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, this is Dave Deniston. Remember my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant, and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. 
1-800-227-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we're not appropriately registered or excluded. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast, I mentioned insurance products. Insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of an issuing insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.david.com. Deniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.